Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. One, two, three. Hello and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I am Dustin Levy, joined by my colleague Dan DeLuca. Dan, how's it going? Going good, Dustin. How are you? I am very good as well. We are without our colleague Alex Martin this week. He is on vacation in sunny California. However, we have a special guest, the boss man, Ed Reed. Ed, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you allowed me to join you guys this week. Well, we are glad to have you. We are glad to have your insights because you, you've been going around, uh, spending time at some of these games, uh, getting some insights, and we're going to get into those in a bit. Uh, but let's dive into the action from week two. Dan, I'm wondering, um, was there any particular result that stood out to you this week? Well, I think you have to start with Golden Gate Immokalee. That was a game, you know, our game of the week, really expected kind of a back-and-forth battle, and, and it wasn't. I mean, Golden Gate uh, really dominated in that game, 42-10. to 10. Defense uh, held Immokalee to just three points and really controlled that game. Uh, we kind of thought Golden Gate was a team to watch this year, and uh, of all the teams that have started 2-0 and in Southwest Florida, I, I think their start has been one of the most impressive, and, you know, you definitely saw that last Friday. Yeah, I agree. And I, when I watched them in the spring, I saw them play against Riverdale. You could just tell how physically strong they are. Um, and so the fact that they were able to kind of win in the trenches in that game, um, it, it checks out. And, and this is going to be a team that, that's one to watch for the rest of the year. Um, I was over at Dunbar North Fort Myers, uh, which turned into a uh, Tigers win 40-14. to 14. Dunbar got on them very early. Austin Price and the deep ball. Uh, their first three drives went for touchdowns. Uh, two to Demari Loggins, one to Eric Fletcher. Um, to North's credit, they only allowed one offensive touchdown after that. Um, a couple pick sixes uh, to uh, on, on the Dunbar side of the ball. But uh, that's going to make for uh, a really exciting game coming up this week. Uh, Dunbar and Bishop Verreau. Ed, you were over at ECS. They played Island Coast, their second public school phase-off in a row. I was wondering uh, wh- what you saw from the Sentinels. Well, the ECS defense, they, uh, they come at it. They hit hard. They're aggressive to the ball. They're in the backfield most of the game. So they've played you know, Palmetto Ridge and now Island Coast and given up six points to two public school teams, which the small privates, you know, um, that's definitely a, a good milestone for them. But they're not satisfied talking to – Coach Mitchell after the game, a couple of guys, um, they think there's a lot more that they can do uh, defensively. But even offensively, they had some some issues. The offensive line maybe didn't hold up as well as they uh, had hoped it would. Not a lot of holes. Uh, they did not have L.J. Blackwell running back there. He was out with a sprained ankle. They expect him back this week for uh, uh, Cardinal Mooney. So there's some stuff to clean up, but that's a very good 2-0 start for ECS. They should be you know, very happy with themselves, and they definitely have something to build off of at this point. Another game that I wanted to touch on was uh, Naples-Dillard because Naples was trailing this game heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, they were trailing 19-14, and then that defense just exploded to help the team score 22 points unanswered. Three different interceptions, including a, a one-handed by Trey Hill. I mean, Naples, especially in the second half, that, that's a team that uh, – that knows how to get it done. Even if we thought that they might have 
taken a step back this year. They're still Naples. <laughs> they're they're still uh, one of the best in the area. Dan, I, I was wondering um, anything else that you wanted to touch on. Well, I was at South Fort Myers, see South Fort Myers of Riverdale, and uh, I was kind of interested to see how Riverdale's wing T offense uh, was going to do. They had put up 27 points uh, against Laley the week before, uh, rushed for almost 300 yards, and uh, really impressed with South. South shut them out 35 to nothing. Really, uh, Riverdale couldn't get anything going in their run game. Um, even though they have a pretty good-sized offensive line, South's a little bit undersized, but South was in the backfield all all night. They were missing Javian White. Who's their best player on defense? Uh, they were missing Victor Jenkins too. Who's their, you know, their best running back, and really just a, a good all-around effort by South. They had lost a tough game in overtime the previous week to Gulf Coast, so a good bounce back for them. Uh, Chase and Guido didn't have the game probably wanted against Gulf Coast. Really played well against Riverdale. Threw for two touchdowns, ran for two more. Justin White, uh, I think, who's probably one of the more underrated players in Southwest Florida, uh, just continues to get open, make plays, score touchdowns. He had a great game, and I think it was kind of suspected, you know, thought South was going to be a team that was really going to kind of bounce back this year. So we'll we'll see if this win is kind of the one that, you know, sort of springboards them forward. And you also saw another uh, kind of lopsided contest on Thursday with Mariner. Um, Tell me about that Mariner team. Mariner, another team kind of circled and said, hey, this is kind of going to be their year. It's kind of tough to judge with DeSoto. DeSoto is just, uh, you know, it's really a rebuilding year for them. Um, they only had about, you know, just just a little over 30 players. Uh, they lost so many players from last year when they won a district title, won eight games. They really just don't have a lot there. Um, Mariner just kind of did whatever they wanted. Justin Lewis, really good game. Kelvin Jimenez, another guy probably doesn't get talked about as much as he should, uh, making plays defensively offensively you know at the tight end kind of split end spot mariner has has some weapons uh the way their schedule breaks out it kind of you know slowly builds up until you kind of get into the middle portion of that schedule and they get into district play so it, it's just their team to keep an eye on uh two and oh they've, they've done exactly what they've had to do but i, I don't know how many takeaways we can really uh, think about from a game like that just because it was so so lopsided competition wise I wanted to uh, touch on some of these really competitive games that we saw this week. Uh, the first being Astero getting a 29-26 win over Eastley County. Eastley, obviously a team that uh, we think is going to take a step forward this year, but they're still going to be searching for that first win when they play next week because the Wildcats were able to come up with a comeback win in the fourth quarter, uh, starting with Matthew Wilson throwing an 80-yard touchdown to Luke Gannum fumble recovery, and then another touchdown for the Wildcats to seal it. Um, another really close game was Gulf Coast getting the win over Laley 14-9. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff this week, a lot of exciting storylines. So after the break, we are going to look ahead to week three. Let's go! Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com. And by downloading the Naples Daily News and News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back. Before we get into all these exciting Week 3 battles, we want to look at some of the early records and see... uh, what teams have maybe surprised us in the first two weeks of the season? Uh, starting with 
Gulf Coast team that is 2-0, graduated a big senior class, but at least on the defensive end, seems to really uh, be putting together something special. Um, Dan, any any thoughts about the Sharks? You know, and when we look at teams like, let's say, like in Eastleigh County, that's been right in their first two games, but just can't make that play to kind of get over the hump and, and secure a win. Gulf Coast, real successful season last year, uh, you know, makes playoffs, wins eight games. Uh, even though they lose some kids, when you get used to winning and making plays in games that are successful and you end up winning, that can kind of stick with you. It's habit forming, right? So you look at the week one, South Fort Myers goes to overtime, golf scores, and then they make a defensive play to kind of secure the game. Against Laley, uh last week, a team that was very successful, has really good backs, ran for all sorts of yards against Riverdale, uh, hold them to nine points. You know, only put up 14, but do enough to win. So just just like losing sometimes can be habit-forming, winning is too. And Gulf Coast has shown, even though they lost a lot of talent uh, from last year, defensively on the lines, they're going to be tough, and they're going to be in every game every week, I think, going forward. And staying in Collier County, uh, there, there's a lot of 2-0 teams in Collier County, Naples, Barron Collier, Golden Gate. And I wanted to uh, touch on uh, Golden Gate here. Um, Ed, I, I know you spoke with them at Media Day. This isn't really a surprise to them, is it? No, they. Uh, the general feeling was this is four years in the making. A lot of the kids there, you know, have been there for three, four years. They're all seniors now. You add in a player like Trevon Jean, who burst onto the scene last year, and uh, they were the guys uh, kind of goaded him to say it. He wants two thousand yards this year. He feels with the offensive line he has and the development he's had that he can easily be a two thousand yard rusher. And he ran for over two hundred yards this week, so you know, he's on his way. And they feel like they have the pieces defensively have come together. Sam Powell at quarterback, he's a, a new addition, big, strong kid, um, another a young player. But then they have you know John Lee Harrett around to supplement. They're gonna be a they're gonna we're gonna be seeing a lot from Golden Gate this year. I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know we see him a, a couple weeks into the playoffs as well. A couple other uh, 2-0 teams that uh, they're going to be tested this week. ECS when they play Cardinal Mooney, Cypress Lake when they play Estero. But uh, I wanted to talk about some of the teams that are still searching for that first win. I've been at both of the North Fort Myers games. A really tough start to the schedule for the Red Knights uh, opening at Fort Myers uh, and then hosting Dunbar. This past week they were without their starting quarterback Bryce DeRoss. Uh, and started uh, sophomore Caden Khan, who did perform very admirably against uh, probably one of the toughest tasks you can get in, in Dunbar. But, um, you know, I still like what I see from them, especially on defense. Um, I think, you know, they, they have some things to work out on the offensive side. But Virgil Malloy, uh, in these early weeks, he, he does not come off the field. Uh, he's been running the ball for the Red Knights. But this upcoming game against South Fort Myers is going to be a really important game for them. Uh, another team, obviously, they were winless last year easily, but their first two games against Mariner, against Estero, you know, we thought there were opportunities there. Um, Dan, what have you thought about the Jaguars in the first couple weeks? Well, it, it's just, you know, being able to make either that big stop or get the first down or hold on to the ball when you need to. You know, against Estero, it seemed like they were in control give up a long touchdown pass, you know, to bring Estero within one score, and then they fumble the ball. Fumble the ball, give it back to Estero, uh, can't control the ball, run out the clock, and give up another late touchdown, end up losing the game. So, 
you know, sometimes these things happen happen in steps. Uh, you know, you, you cover a winless team one year, and, and maybe the next year they win two games, but they look a hundred times better because they're in every game. They're not getting running clocked week in, week out. So that might be the type of step that, you know, Eastleigh County makes this year. Maybe they're not a five or a six-win team. Maybe they end up being a three or a four-win team, but they're in every game. You know, it's building. It's, it's not like it used to be. You can rebuild pretty quickly quickly with transfers and, and things like that that are a little more prevalent now, you know, than they were in, in the past, as I'll sound like the old guy that's been here forever. Um, but, you know, it, it still takes time. You're still building a team. There's 11 players on the field. It's not basketball. You have to have all of these different facets all working together. And it's a process. But I, I think there are a lot of positive signs from East Lee. And, you know, I, I think they're another team that they've got a chance really to win almost every week. And when you're coming off an 0-9 season, that's that's really all you can expect the next season, I think. Yeah, and I'm expecting this game uh, coming up for them against Island Coast to be an opportunity. Getting into week three, um, a lot of great games on the slate, but we got to start with Bishop Rowe, Dunbar, just two of the top teams in the area, two teams that can really make things happen, uh, especially on offense. Ed, you were at that week one game, uh, that Vareau-Port Charlotte game. What would you see from the Vikings? I'll tell you what, they were very impressive. I mean, I know they have a lot of hype going into the season, and it's deserved. They beat Port Charlotte in every facet. And Port Charlotte is a very good team. Port Charlotte is a team we're probably going to see win a few playoff games, if not even threatened for a regional final. Vareau handled them. Offensively, Port Charlotte could not stop them. The only time Vareau was stopped was a couple times when they turned the ball over pretty much in the end of the half and and Carter Smith has taken a huge step forward this year as a quarterback they have a couple of excellent running backs uh, led by Deshaun Jenkins the wide receivers have speed they have hands uh, they run precise routes Carter Smith is on time but what impressed me the most for Vareau was their defense Port Charlotte has mm. two very good running backs and they controlled the line the second, uh, Jermaine Dean, uh, linebacker, is excellent. The secondary is very strong with the Ryan Gatson, you know, sitting back there. And Leroy Roker, what a great pickup for them from uh, Canterbury. Uh, I talked to him after that Port Charlotte game, and he's happy to step into a, a higher level of competition than he was seeing and show out in his first game with two picks, 70-yard screen pass for a touchdown. He's just playing free safety, going back there, ball hawking. And um, so that's going to be make it a little tougher for teams that like to throw to try to put it up against uh, the Vikings. Last year they gave up a lot of points. So if they can limit that and with the offense they have, we could be seeing them playing in December. And against Dunbar, you know, they, they've struggled the past couple of years. But there's a lot of reason to think that this is going to be kind of a high-scoring, exciting battle that, you know, Really, either team can win. I mean, watching the Tigers last week, you know, on the plus side, those those receivers can get behind uh, defenses. And Austin Price, at quarterback, he can put it on them real well. And he did early against North Fort Myers. Um, there were a lot of penalties on the Dunbar side. Um, they, they turned the ball over a couple times. So, you know, there's a lot of reason to believe that this could be an opportunity for the Vikings to uh, end that streak. The one thing I want to add is uh, what I'll be interested in seeing is Vero has a lot of young players on the offensive line. 
They're relying on freshmen, first-year starters, big guys. And they, they show they can play, but they haven't faced Dunbar's front yet. No. So I want to see how the Vero offensive line holds up to the Dunbar front seven. Yeah. I think that would be the key. Carter Smith keeps his head up, scrambles a lot. He can extend plays, which he did against Port Charlotte. Dunbar has a lot of speed and can cover. So I'll be real interested. I think that will be the key matchup in this game is how Vero's offensive line, how much time can they give Carter Smith, how much, how big of the holes can they open for uh, Deshaun Jenkins to uh, run through. So that will be a, a huge key to this game. Yeah. yeah, and for Dunbar, Dunbar didn't look great in the preseason. Lost pretty handily to Port Charlotte, and they've kind of gotten a little bit of a break the first two weeks because against Charlotte, even though Charlotte had a freshman starting quarterback, he you know, gets knocked out of the game. Their backup gets knocked out of the game. They're down to their third-string quarterback. Last week against North, Bryce DeRoss, starting quarterback, he's out because of an injury. They get a you know a young and inexperienced quarterback going out there against them. So maybe those two weeks gave Dunbar some time to gel, but obviously you know they're going to be facing the best offense by far that they've faced to this point. But I think, they're, I think Sammy Brown is going to have them ready. Yeah, and Dunbar just has so much experience coming back at all three levels. Vanier, Baptiste, and Jalen Christmas on the line. Kai Garcia at linebacker. I mean, Kelby Tyree, these first two weeks, a punt return for a touchdown, pick six. Uh, and that, that was a kid who a lot of people were saying is, you know, one of the most underrated players in the area. Dan, I was wondering, any other matchups this week uh, that you are anticipating? Uh, well, it's it's one of those 2-0 teams that we talked about, Gulf Coast. Um, and they're going to go on the road against Port Charlotte. And I, I think that's really going to be a challenge for both teams. You've got two big, tough physical teams. Uh, for Gulf Coast, it'll be the best team that they face so far. It's on the road. Port Charlotte, uh, you know, didn't perform well against Bishop Rowe, kind of rebounded last week against their big rival, Charlotte, really handled them. But traditionally, the week after they play Charlotte, they usually don't play well because those kids get up so much for that Peace River rivalry game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, if Gulf Coast can go to Port Charlotte, come out with a win, be 3-0, and then I think, you know, we're really looking at the Sharks as a team that can continue to make noise the rest of the year. So that's one I'm, I'm anxious to see how that one plays out. And I'm also excited to see uh, South Fort Myers at North Fort Myers. Obviously, North trying to end the skid of two losses to start the season. And an improved South team that uh, lost in overtime in week one and really uh, put the hurt on Riverdale. And after the break, we are going to make our picks in these games. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, Go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. Here we go! Welcome back. It is time for the pick segment and to recap where we all are at Dan Nostradamus DeLuca is in first at 17-1. Alex is one game back. I am a few games back. We won't talk about that. Uh, Dan, how are you doing it? I don't know, man. You know, I just I just take it one game at a time. Uh, you know, I really have to give uh, all the glory to God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll just try to keep this going. All right, and Alex has sent in his picks, and Ed's going to contribute his thoughts as well. Uh, the first game that we are going to make our picks, Naples at Immokalee. 
Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, of all the teams traditionally in Collier County, Immokalee has given Naples the most trouble over the years. You know, really had some great battles back in the day when Bill Kramer was at Naples, John Weber at Immokalee, uh, just some, some classic games. I think Naples is, is just better at, at this point. Uh, you know, Mockley, uh really couldn't get the offense going against Golden Gate. It's going to be tough to do that against Naples, even though it's Adam Mockley. Sean Simeon, you know, a, a little quietly, he's got he's got two 200-yard games so far, averaging like 13 yards a, a carry. He's a real game-breaker uh, for Naples. Uh, it's going to be tough for Mockley to slow that down. I think Naples wins. Ed, agree, disagree? Uh, I agree. Naples will win. I'm kind of excited to see how Immokalee bounces back from a disappointing effort last week against Golden Gate to see Trenton Velareal, a quarterback for Immokalee, see if he can do some damage against Naples and get the uh, their attack back on track. So, But, yeah, I think uh, even though it's at Immokalee in a big rivalry game, I don't see uh, the Indians being able to knock off the Golden Eagles this week. And I'm going to pick Naples as well. Until a Collier County team knocks them off, I'm not going to pick against them. And Alex also picked Naples. Next up, we have Estero at Cypress Lake. Estero getting their first win last week in a comeback over Eastleigh and Cypress Lake, who are 2-0. So, Ed, what do you think? Which team do you think is getting the win? Uh, I will say that I have had a chance to see Cypress Lake the past few years. I have not seen them yet this year. Um, well, actually, I saw them in the preseason. That's a lie. But Cypress Lake is where East Lee is going to be. Cypress Lake has been building up under Joey Mendez the past few years. They actually have some players now. They know the system. They have a quarterback in Tyrese Nelson. They have some really good linebackers and, and defensive play. So Cypress is getting there. They're 2-0, a legit 2-0 for the teams they played. Estero will be their first, I'm going to say, real test of the season. And I think Estero is going to win. But the reason I think that is because Estero is a little bit ahead of Cypress on the development chart. You know, they had nine wins last year. Uh, they had a, a really good comeback win against Eastleigh last week. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's one of those games that if Cypress can pull it off, maybe they're ready to take that next step. But until they can win that close game and make that play at the end to win one of those, I have to stick with the team that has kind of proven that they can you know, pull it out at the end. So I'm going to go with Estero. Yeah, this is a, a tough one to call. Uh, Estero has gotten the better of the Panthers. The last couple of years, uh, two years ago, it was a really exciting matchup. I think I'm going to go with Cypress Lake here. They're they're at home. They're 2-0. And I just think they're getting better every year. Um, so I'm going to take Cypress here. Dan? Yeah, I think I am too, because uh, I, I think it's a close game. Um, I'm going to go with the home team. But also Estero, even though they came back, they, they've made a lot of mistakes the first two weeks. You know, a lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers, just not really clicking yet. And, uh, you know, Cypress Lake, you know, they feel like they're much improved this year. I'm sure this is a game that they've got circled, and I think they're going to come out and give a good effort. I think it'll be close, but I think Cypress will win. And Alex picked Estero for this one. Next game, South Fort Myers at North Fort Myers. This is a tough one. Dan? I think I'm going to go with South. I think their effort against Riverdale without their best defensive player and one of their best offensive players, you know, missing the game. They're both expected to be back this week. Javian White on defense, Victor Jenkins on offense. I, I think South will be able to do enough on the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think they'll be able to move the ball. And it just haven't seen that consistency yet with North Fort Myers. 
Um, not real sure uh, about the health situation with Bryce DeRoss. If he's back, obviously that gives North a much better chance. I think it's going to be the team that kind of takes care of the football, doesn't make uh, those mistakes. South has a real good kicking game. Uh, it could come down to that. I, I think it'll be close, but I, I think South will pull it off on the road. Yeah, it, it's a tough call. Coach Pasquale said uh, that Bryce would be kind of day-to-day, so that's going to be a big factor. Um, but I, I agree with you in that – I'm not sure what North's identity is on offense yet. Um, and South, you're, you're starting to see Justin White, if Victor Jenkins is going to be back, that they know a little bit more about what they want to do. Um, so I think it's going to be close, but I have the Wolfpack. Ed? Uh, I'm going to agree with you guys. I, I think it'll be close, but I think South pulls it out. One thing is you know, Chase and Queen has been building up to the season. He's been showing up pretty well. The team with a healthy quarterback who's been playing well versus a team that will either have a, a young quarterback or one just coming back from being dinged up, that could be a, a major factor in this one as well. So I'm going to go with the Wolfpack. And Alex picked North Fort Myers on this one, so uh, another game where we disagree on, which we love to see. Next game, we have Bonita Springs at Cape Coral. I'm going to go with Cape Coral to improve to 3-0. That defense in the start of the season has been very good. Dan? Yeah, I think Cape Coral uh, defensively, uh, you know, they have to stay disciplined uh, against Bonita Springs. Uh, you know, they've run that offense that it takes all week kind of to prepare for. I just don't know that Bonita Springs has the a multitude of weapons, uh, you know, to kind of generate the offense that they're going to need to against Cape Coral defense. Uh, yeah, I think Cape wins and they're going to be 3-0. Ed? Yeah, I go with uh, Cape Coral as well. Benita Springs does not have Riley Dreamer. It hasn't had him the past two weeks. Of course, with that offense, you need that uh, bellwether back to just take 30, 35 carries. Without uh, Dreamer, they don't have that right now. So Cape Coral is going to be able to load up. They know Benita Springs isn't going to pass. Uh, they don't have their top back. That's going to be a real tall order to beat the Seahawks with. And Alex also went with Cape Coral. Uh, next, SFCA at CSN. This past week, SFCA lost a big rivalry battle to Canterbury. Uh, they did manage to, to come back from a big deficit, and eventually they lost 35-28 uh, to Canterbury. Can they get their first win this week against CSN, Ed? The funny part is we haven't seen Community School of Naples play on in the continental <laughs> United States yet exactly. this year. Uh, they didn't have a spring game, and then they went to Ireland. Uh, where they picked up a win, but obviously that's an exhibition game. So this will be their first chance to play an American team. And, you know, it, I hate to say it, SFCA may be a good one for them to open with. Not being able to perform against Canterbury, um, a, a team where, you know, they were down 28-6 to in the second quarter before it was delayed because of weather. Uh, CSN, I'll be curious to see what, what they really have. But at this point, I'm going to uh, give it to the Seahawks, you know, going overseas and a, a lot of team bonding, um, you know, maybe that'll come back and, and serve them well against the Kings this week. Dan, do the Kings get their first win, or do the Seahawks get their first win on American soil? I think the Seahawks will win. You know, they've had a bye, can get prepared, get healthy. Um, I think it'll be close, but when in doubt, I always try to go with the home team. So I will pick CSN. And I'm going to go with the home team as well, and so will Alex. We have Eastley County at Island Coast. We've been talking about Eastley. Do they finally get that first win in two, three years here? Yeah, I think so. I think um, Eastley has done enough these last two weeks, uh, you know, against Mariner. 
uh, and and last week to kind of show they're they're right on the cusp. I think they'll get over the hump. I think they'll beat Island Coast. Ed, you saw the Gators this past week. Do you think they have what it takes to beat Eastley? Um, I think Eastley will get their first one as well. Island Coast defense played really well. ECS couldn't get anything going. Running the ball, they pressured Tanner Helton uh, when he dropped back. So defensively, the Gators looked pretty good. Offensively, uh, their line did not hold up well against ECS. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of tackles for loss, a lot of pressure on quarterback Rex Elliott, who took a hellacious hit at one point and was knocked out of the game. Uh, came back in at, for a couple snaps near the end. But a, a young quarterback, uh, offensive line that didn't perform, and then an East Lee team that's got to be hungry to, after two strong uh, efforts the first two weeks to come uh, to come back with goose eggs there. I think the Jaguars will be too motivated this week to get that first one. Yeah, and can't forget, you know, Island Coast week one win, 14 to nothing against Benue Springs. So I, I do think that this is going to be maybe a low-scoring defensive contest between the teams. But Eastley, you know, they have Gary Hagan, they have Victor Georges, they have Laz Rogers, and I, I think those weapons are going to prove to make the difference in this one. Next game, Gulf Coast at Port Charlotte. Uh, Port Charlotte won last week. They beat their rival Charlotte uh, after losing in week one to Bishop Verreau. Uh Dan, who do you think takes this one? Uh, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll come down. It'll, you know, to uh, who makes the last play. Um, I think it'll be Port Charlotte. I think Gulf Coast will give them everything that they have. But I think I'll go back to, you know, we anticipated Port Charlotte was going to be a really good team this season. They haven't really shown us anything to kind of back away from that. Um, You know, losing to Bishop Rural on the road isn't uh, disqualifying, but I think they're ready to show that they are who we thought they were, and I think they'll beat Gulf Coast, but it won't be easy. Yeah, I have Port Charlotte winning as well, uh, Ed Guerrero and that whole bunch. They, you know, even though the Sharks have impressed us defensively in the first few weeks, I, I think this is going to be too tall a task. Ed, what do you think? Haven't seen Port Charlotte against Verreau. Uh Port Charlotte, when they dropped back to pass, did not look impressive that first week. I know they kind of ride the ship last week against a, a really banged-up Charlotte team, but it's going to be hard to go against the Pirates at home. Um, I think Gulf Coast, if they won, I would not be shocked. I think Gulf Coast gives them a game and, and builds momentum heading into week four, but I'm going to give Port Charlotte this one. And Alex also went with Port Charlotte. Next, ECS at Cardinal Mooney. It's going to be uh, maybe the first real test for the Sentinels this season after pretty uh, dominant wins against Palmetto Ridge and Island Coast. For this one, I'm going to go with Cardinal Mooney here. Uh, last season, they had a 27-24 loss to Bishop Rowe and a 28-27 overtime loss to First Baptist. And um, I just think you know that kind of tells you where that team is at. And I think ECS, while they're getting there, they're not quite there yet uh, to get the win over the Cougars. Dan? Yeah, I'm going to go with Mooney. Mooney's looked really good so far this year, getting off their 2-0 start. Uh, outscored their opponents 95-6 to so far. And, uh, you know, really looking like those games last year were kind of foretelling that they're going to be a tough team to deal with this year. And uh, I think they're going to be too much for ECS. I'm going to be a homer here. I'm going to go with ECS. They have this one circled. Um, talking to Coach Mitchell and some of the players, they really want Mooney to prove where they are. Uh, L.J. Blackwell should be ready to go at running back. Uh, so 
I'm going to give them a, the benefit of the doubt, and maybe they pass their first big test of the season. That would really be a statement win for the Sentinels, and Alex went with Mooney on this one. We have Riverdale at Fort Myers. That's been a comfortable matchup for the Greenies of late. Dan, do you think Riverdale can upset them? I don't think so. I, I think Fort Myers, uh, you know, they could get into the trap of looking ahead to next week uh, when they go to Dunbar for obvi- what has been, you know, one of the better neighborhood rivalry games uh, in our area uh, for as long as I can remember. But I'm just not sure Riverdale is there yet. Um, I, I think they don't really have much of a passing game. They're going to be a little bit one-dimensional, and I, I think that Fort Myers defense is just too strong. So I think uh, Fort Myers will get win number 699 at home. And uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but the Greenies did play last week. They went to uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, and uh, they got beat real bad, 49 nothing. But uh, I like their chances to right the ship this week against the Raiders. Ed? Yeah, they need to get the uh, taste of Aquinas out of their mouths, and I think they will do it against Riverdale. And Alex also went with Fort Myers on this one. And now our game of the week, Bishop Rowe at Dunbar, two teams that made the state semifinals last season. Dan, who do you think takes this one? Oh, you're going to me first? (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with Dunbar. I think even though they try to pretend they don't, hear what we're saying. I think you were talking to Coach Brown after the game. He wasn't real sure who they were playing this week, or at least that's what he led on to you. I I think they know who they're playing. I think they've heard all of the talk about Bishop Rowe and Carter Smith and that offense and how are you going to stop them. And those that Dunbar defense is going to be ready. Uh, It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be uh, a dominating effort, um, but I think Dunbar will find a way to get it done at home. Bishop Rowe had a, a week off this past week. Uh, their game with Lehigh was postponed. Ed, I know that the Vikings players are, are really excited for this one. Do you think they can pull off the win against Dunbar? Yeah, this is another really good measuring stick uh, for them. I think the Vikings have enough playmakers, and especially now they have some playmakers on defense, which they did not have in the past. Now they can match up with Dunbar's offense, I think. I, I think you have a, a young quarterback with Austin Price back there, and Vero can make him uncomfortable. So I'm going uh, to give this one to the Vikings. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm jealous I will not be there to, to see it, but I will be watching the updates very closely from my game. Um, but I think uh, Vero pulls off the, uh, the win at Dunbar. Yeah, this is a really, really tough call, I think, um, because I, I loved what I saw from the Tigers in the first quarter, scoring 20 points really quick. But after that, there were some penalties, there were some turnovers, but you know, there was also two Dunbar pick sixes. And I, I just think the ability to make plays on defense is just something that, you know, especially in those crunch moments, that, that's why Dunbar has won 18 straight games against Lee County opponents. And I think they're going to extend that streak and so does Alex he also picked up bar all right that is it for this episode of inside southwest florida football podcast stick with us throughout the week at news-press.com and naplesnews.com follow us all on twitter alex at np underscore alex martin dan at newspress dan ed at ed reed underscore np and me at dustin b levy uh stay tuned for next week and we will see you on the sidelines Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games. One, two, three.